0: putting people to another episode of everybody loves pudding i'm your host ken seymour today we are bringing a new movie review of christopher robin out in theaters now as always there is the potential for some spoilers that are going to be ahead as we'll be talking about not only the cast crew director but also the plot and everything that happens therein so if you do not wish to be spoiled on what happens within the movie please disregard everything past the general description that we're going to give you momentarily now generally speaking i would say that i enjoy this film i think if you are a fan of the old winnie the pooh uh, cartoons movies anything like that is probably worth a view in the theaters otherwise waiting for it at home is probably the better option um now basically Uh, We're going to divide this into a series of subcategories that we will rate in a completely scientific but not really way, uh, dividing it into cast, director, costuming and props, location, cinematography, plot and writing, and any potential bonus points that we are deciding to give on a completely arbitrary way. Uh, The total score will be added up and graded as if it were turned in as an assignment at school. And hopefully you will have some agreements, some disagreements with us and let us know in the comments on the forums of our website and tell me what you think of the movie if you decided to go see it. Uh, So let's start at the very beginning. Uh, We're gonna start as I always do with the cast. Now the cast of Christopher Robin was pretty astounding when you look at who they got for this particular piece. Now we've got uh, Ewan McGregor in the lead role of Christopher Robin. I have a bit of a soft spot for Ewan McGregor I tend to like him in about anything that I've seen him, uh, maybe my favorite movie up to date that he's done is probably Big Fish, but even in things like, uh, the beginning, uh, with, uh, *Train Spotting*, uh, he was fantastic in that, uh, in Star Wars, obviously, when they did the episodes one, two, and three, he was in there as a young Obi-Wan and was a high point of those movies, I thought, um. In this film, I think he was a great choice for Christopher Robin uh, because he has that kind of youthful exuberance that you can see, even though he obviously has the sufficient age to portray an older Christopher Robin that's gone through the wear and tear of life. Then you've also got Haley Atwell uh, playing uh, the Christopher Robin's wife, Evelyn. Uh, most people will know her from captain america as peggy carter and of course having the series on television uh, of the same name she's had several other roles as well and is generally a delight to see on screen she has uh, an ability to both be able to be uh, have a feeling of being approachable but also uh, being able to be very serious in a role and be taken seriously um, you've got uh, bronte carmichael as the, the daughter madeline uh, not a long list of uh, films that she has been in up to this point uh, but she is a bright spot also in this film does a, a wonderful job as uh, as the daughter role. Not a lot really to say because I think in a lot of ways her her character is more of a more of a Plot moving device rather than really a fully fleshed out character in a lot of ways, but they did they did a really good job and and she served the function sufficiently. Uh, you've got uh, Mark Gaddis as uh, Giles Winslow, the the somewhat irritating uh, son of the boss of the company, and you might know him from uh, playing uh, Mycroft on Sherlock on the PBS version, and uh, he's also been in Game of Thrones and. A variety of other projects as soon as you see his face you will immediately recognize him i love seeing him in anything i think that he has a very very good um, stuffy person persona that he tends to be able to bring to pretty much anything. And that's, and that's not saying that he does like the same character all the time because he has an array of different types of stuffy that he can do. But, um, truthfully, he, he's able to not just play that type of role, but also play the nuances of the character, uh, differences that he has off of that base, you know, palette of, of stuffiness. Um, you've got uh brad garrett doing the voice of eeyore which seems like just a no-brainer uh and, you know most people know him from everybody loves raymond but you hear his voice once you immediately recognize it it kind of bothered me that i didn't realize it was him quite at first when i was watching the film and i i, I recognized the voice and I, I knew that i knew who it was but it just didn't quite uh, dawn on me until uh towards the end of the film you've got uh Pete Capaldi as Rabbit. He uh, is probably best known as one of the Doctors in Doctor Who. Again, if you are a fan of the series and you see his face, you'll immediately know who he is. And he's been in obviously, a, a great deal of other things as well. But that's probably the, the role most people know him as. Yeah, but Toby James doing the voice of Owl. A lot of people know him as uh, the individual that played Arnim Zola in Captain America or did the voice for Dobby the House Elf in the Harry Potter series. Again, a a very um, recognizable face. Um, You've got uh, Jim Cummings that did the voice for Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Now, this should not come as a shock to anyone, really. Uh, He's been doing the voice for Winnie the Pooh, and tigger for a very long time he was not the originator but if you were a kid in the 80s you knew who he was and he hasn't just done those voices he has done a voice in probably any cartoon you've ever heard of in the last 20 to 30 years Uh, this guy is incredibly prolific in the amount of voice work that he does so, in the choices that they made for this particular movie, the the actors and actresses that they brought in, the voice actors that they brought in, um, I, I I don't see any any weak spots. I mean, first of all, they've got the star power, the recognizable names that a lot of people are looking for, but not just that. They chose uh, actors that they, they really played to the strengths, I think, that the actors and actresses had. Um, so there wasn't wasn't going to be an instance where you see well this person's really taking a stretch and and doing something that they're that you wouldn't really know them for uh, uh, you know I guess the the best example I can think of was hey let's bring in Tom Hanks as a psychotic villain you just don't really think of that that would be a bit of a stretch for an average audience member to see and and you don't really get any of that uh, in this movie I don't think and that may be playing it safe but I I really don't think so I think that just built a very solid foundation for everything to move forward on um, and plus like uh, like i mentioned with ewan regregor i have a soft spot for him i have a soft spot for haley atwell uh, i have a soft spot for um uh, mark gaddis i have you know pretty much anybody that i just listed off here these are all people that i already admire anyway and uh yeah, it's just nice to see them interact even if it's only in a voice acting sort of a way so uh generally when it comes to the specific casting of it i don't think they really could have gotten much better um i would probably give that a 19 out of 20 in the in the little subsection of points there so i mean just fantastic um uh, moving on to the director the director of the film is uh, mark forster he has had an interesting array of projects that he's been involved with over the years um uh, he was involved with Monsters ball uh finding neverland stranger than fiction quantum solace world war z um you know just an array of different fields of projects uh uh, an array of, of different styles i mean you have action you've got quirky you've you know he's and I think he really does well with Quirky. Stranger Than Fiction is one of my favorite films. And uh, I've always really liked that particular that particular one. I still haven't seen Finding Neverland yet. But everything that I've heard has been good. And that tends to, to fit the type of movie I tend to like. Quantum of Solace I was less impressed with. Maybe only because uh, the um, James Bond uh, reinvigoration with uh, the Curris iteration um I um I really liked the first film in in that particular subsection and it was so good maybe that Quantum of Solace just didn't seem to feel as maybe wasn't fresh anymore. I mean I really like Craig as Bond and I'd love to keep seeing him as Bond. I know they'll have to eventually switch out for some other options, but um that may have just been just been me, but for, for whatever reason Quantum of Solace just didn't strike me with the same excitement. Uh as far as World War Z goes, uh I'm a huge Brad Pitt fan. I did not like that movie. Um it strayed from the books greatly. It was well, I won't go into detail because we're not doing a review of War War Z, but suffice to say, I didn't like that film very much. So going into Christopher Robin, it, it was kind of hard for me to decide whether or not this made sense from a director side of things. I think he nailed it. I mean, it was just, uh, whether it was a, a result of just a really solid script that he was coming off of, whether it was a result of his particular, um, uh, direction i guess for lack of a better word uh the the way that he wanted to interpret things and have the the actors approach it whether it's a combination of the two i think he did fantastic i mean it certainly plays it safe in a lot of ways um it's um and i'll get into that more when i'm talking about the the plot and the writing but i don't think that's the wrong move in this particular type of movie i don't think you want to try and uh, and Quentin Tarantino it or, or uh, or something of that nature and and flip something like that on its head. It needs to follow a certain uh, path, a certain feel, and I think he definitely did that while still putting a certain flair on it that uh, that that worked very well. Uh, that, again, again, it kind of reminded me of *Stranger Than Fiction* in the kind of in the kind of feel that that he put on the film. I think so because of that because it wasn't um, what I would call the most, uh, maybe typical director choice, but it worked out so well. I would probably give that a 16 out of 20, uh, in, in the director side. I mean, super solid showing, uh, from, from that side of things, um, costuming and props. There's not really a lot to say with Christopher Robin and costuming and props. I don't think because of the time period that it's set in, um, a lot of I, I, it may be unfair to say so but it's not a, a, a leap of difficulty really in coming up with the right type of clothing the right type of uh, set pieces that match the time frame I mean this this kind of thing's been done a long time so there's not a big stretch there now of course once you start working in the CGI with the Uh, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and Piglet and all of that. That adds a certain level of complication. Um, But that's uh, that's the area where I'll say that they shined because, because of the type of movie it is where it's removed in time from his childhood. And it really feels like not only is the world lived in, but the the animals, the stuffed animals, Eeyore and, and everyone else feel maybe older isn't the right word, but worn just a little bit. Um, so I liked that kind of, I like that kind of approach. And I think because of that, um, they, they did an excellent job still. I mean, uh, even if it isn't anything terribly difficult, uh, they, they more than, uh, adequately did things. And, uh, I would say that's probably a nine out of 10, um, location. Um, now I tend to divide location into the location that it's intended to be and the location where it's actually filmed. Um, sometimes you can get a bleed over um, of where it's actually filmed into where it's intended to be and you kind of look and go oh hold on i know where that is that's not anywhere near where they said it would be or or whatever so with all of the locations happening primarily in england um, it, it felt english it looked english um, everything there was no bleed over there was you know i don't think that the average viewer is going to really see what's filmed in a in a set, and what is filmed outside of a set, uh, or maybe that's the wrong wording, but uh, a closed set versus being on location or something of that nature, um, and the the practical locations that they chose, I think, fit perfectly. The the look kind of um, kind of gave you that looming sense of. Dread that adulthood kind of gives everyone uh, at some points, and, and kind of uh, kind of gives you the feel that you need for the movie to have. So I probably give that an eight out of ten. Um, in terms of cinematography, again, that's a very broad term, um, and it's probably not the best but, uh, description, but it's the first one that I could think of, uh, wording wise. Just camera angles and. Uh, effects that were uh, that were given Uh, again this is where a lot of the cgi falls into but choices of angles choices of whether it's a single shot or a conversation you know two person shot is it static is it moving um there are a lot of um uh, a lot of um really good movies that overproduce produce some of these shots because they can and they look fantastic, but they don't always serve the purpose of the plot in terms of this film. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the shots are very simple. Isn't the right word, uh, but they're, they're not intended to be, it's not an action movie. So it's, it's, it's very methodical. It's very static, uh, because Uh, I think that they don't want to distract from what the developments are occurring between the the actors and uh, the voice actors within the film. Now there are some exceptions you know uh, the it's not a car chase but the uh, scene where they're traveling throughout England and and hiding on the back of a truck trying to um, or Madeline is hiding on the back of a truck trying to get to where she's going there's a bit of motion in that there's a sort of action scene at one point where there's the battle with the, the heffalump. Um, so there, there, there is, there is a shift when a shift is necessary. Um, I wouldn't say there's anything that was a, a drastic risk that was taken with any of the, with any of the shots, but they all look beautiful. Um, uh, the, the CGI did not to me stand out as blaringly CGI. It, it, it definitely worked within the existing real shots. Uh, I didn't, I didn't see anything that, that would jerk me out of my suspension of disbelief within watching the movies. And that's always particularly, I would feel difficult in a, in a film like this, where not only is there CGI, but the CGI that you're dealing with are not human sized objects. I mean, they're all very small and, um, it can sometimes be, uh, I would expect, very difficult for, for an actor to know where to look, to know where to interact. And the they did fantastic. I didn't really see any instances uh, where there were any problems with that. So all in all, I would probably give that also an 18 out of 20. Now, the plot and writing, I also generally give about 20 points. Um, it's not exactly what I would call an original story. Um, it, or maybe original story isn't, isn't the right way to word it. It's, it is a type of story that's been told many times. Uh, you know, the whole coming of age, changing from a child to an adult and the effects that the world have on you, especially when there's war involved, uh, you know, the, the toll that that takes and the expectations that people have of you, the expectations that you put on yourself Um, Especially when family becomes involved and the type of person that you change into and learning not to forget that part of yourself that is uh, young and fun and knows how to uh, live and enjoy life. That's nothing new. That's been done and done quite a lot. Now that being said, I think that uh, I think that in this movie it was done extraordinarily well. Uh, the beginning sequences uh, where he is a child firmly root us in uh, who Christopher Robin is and who he feels that his friends are, especially for those that haven't had the opportunity to be acquainted with Winnie the Pooh. Though I don't know who those twelve people are. I would expect that uh, they would have no trouble coming into the world very quickly. And then the uh, montage of his time at boarding school, his father dying, his having to uh, go to war after meeting, the, uh, uh, meeting uh, the woman that will be his wife, uh, done very quickly just to be able to give you the flavor of the basics of what's going on. Uh, so that you can get firmly into the current day and find out who he is so that you can plop him into the middle of his somewhat difficult position in his company um, the the position that the boss puts him in to make some adjustments or people that he cares about will lose their jobs um, they do a, a, a good job of playing on the the ready concept of the the boss that doesn't really care about the workers that are under them. Um, Lord knows there are plenty of those in the real world, so it's not too hard to uh, make a stretch uh, to that side of things. Um, The choice to have all of the characters between Pooh and Tigger uh, be able to interact with real people in the world was interesting Um, i was wondering if they were going to do that or if it was all going to be a figment of his imagination it tends to lean towards it not being a figment though you know it leaves enough space for you to go hey he could have been making the voice himself and moving the the bear or whatever Um, it tends to tends to lean towards that not being the case which is a lot of fun Uh, though it kind of begs the question, okay, he's got these supernatural bears and, and, uh, pigs and, and stuffed animals. Why does he have them and nobody else does? Um, but you know, it's, 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 it makes for some fun scenes that can happen between him and other people that are out and about and uh, eventually his, his daughter and, and those individuals and that sort of a thing. Um, very formulaic in in certain respects uh taking it to its uh natural culmination point where everybody knew it was going to go there was no doubt how the movie was going to end it's not going to end up with everybody dying it's not going to end up with a massive tragedy this is not the type of movie that you're just going to get out of this you know everything is going to be fine he's going to realize the error of his ways and he's going to broaden the hearts of everyone around him that's just fine so long as you can pull that off and not be saccharine in the process and just have um, have it be presented with what what definitely appears to be real love, which I think they did, I, I think it's forgivable that it's a very formulaic kind of a, a storytelling. Um, and even if it is formulaic, uh, while it may be, it's performed pristinely. I mean, the person that's doing the... Uh, very difficult dive off the high dive it's and you know they tell you what's going to happen but how well do they do the dive and uh yeah this one this one happened about as well as you could hope for it to um with uh that said the character development for everyone i mean obviously christopher robin is primary he gets the, the vast majority of the character development um, probably followed very closely um probably follow very closely by I'm just going to glom all of the different animals in together because there's no real character development. There's a lot of character action that involves Pooh and Tigger. Um, and to a lesser extent, uh, Kanga and owl and the rest of those. So not a lot of, not a lot of changes to how they think, maybe a little bit to Pooh, but they definitely have the, the second amount of screen time followed by, um, Uh, followed by the uh, daughter Madeline and Haley Atwell's Evelyn. I was a little disappointed maybe that Haley Atwell didn't get more screen time. Um, I would have liked to have seen maybe a little bit of a perspective from a little more from her perspective seeing her husband that she's having a difficult time with because he's not doing what he should be doing in her eyes as a father, or, or maybe that's not the right way of putting it, but putting work above family and then just seeing him go crazy in, in all appearances that I think that could have been pretty interesting. Maybe get a little more backstory about her would have been good. Uh, I think the development with Madeline was adequate because again, I think she was more of a, a plot device than an actual fully intended to be a fully fledged character and i could be wrong about that that's just how it came off to me um there really was no character development for the most part with everybody else at least not enough to really mention i mean there's there's a smattering uh, a smattering here and there but um and it really doesn't matter because again because it's about one individual's journey so you didn't have to have too much development throughout the rest of it um all in all again super enjoyable it did the thing that i always like with this type of a movie and coaxed a tier or two at the right points um, i'd say the i'd say the plot and writing gets about an 18 out of 20. Uh, that brings us to the, our point where we can award any bonus points for any reason whatsoever i don't really have any that i can think of offhand that would apply here which would bring uh, the score of the movie to 88 which is a solid b plus. um and i think that's pretty accurate this is a movie that i personally am glad i saw in the theater i would go see it in the theater regularly and i may or may not purchase it uh in a hard copy at at some point but i wouldn't kick myself for sure if i managed to to purchase it later um but, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth a watch, especially if you have that history with, uh, Winnie the Pooh, or you like that type of movie that, that deals with the issues of how we change over time. Um, very, very enjoyable. Um, I want to thank you for a probably shorter episode as it was only my opinions on this and not my co-host, uh, but, uh. Uh, We will be bringing you more reviews in the future. Now, we would love to see you, like I said, comment on our forums on our website, www.everybodylovespudding.com. Or if you want to get information as we bring it to you, we'll be adding more and more on our Facebook page, at Real Pudding Guys, or the Twitter, at Pudding Guys. Until we see you on our next review, or until we see you with our next wonderful review, I will be talking to you later.